This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, how about this? Overtime on 106.7 The Fan continuing. I know I said a whole bunch of good nights and goodbyes at the, the end of the last hour, but that was a test. It wasn't intentionally a test, but it was a test. Uh, if you listen to the entirety of the past two hours, you go back to around 7 o'clock, uh, and, and I'm sure you'll be able to find it on the podcast page, and, and if not, you'll just have to trust me, which is ironic based on what I'm going to say. Uh, I started uh, the show. I started overtime on 106.7 The Fan, at least my run at it, by telling you, trust none of what you hear and half of what you see. And, and the reason why I said that is because um, you know, there's there always seems to be an ulterior motive. There always seems to be more to the story when it becomes the when it comes to the Washington Commanders and, and more specifically their owner Dan Snyder. So of course, you know, in in the spirit of of that phrase, trust none of what you hear and half of what you see. I said good night. I said goodbye. I thanked Caitlin, our producer. Thanked the callers. Thanked the listeners, and uh, and stuck around for another hour. So we're still here. I mean, it fits in with the name Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. So we'll go to Overtime. Now, Now, why did I say that? Why did I say trust none of what you hear and half of what you see when it comes to the commanders? Well, it's, it's because of the, the, the timeline of events today. Right? This morning, or maybe early afternoon, depending on when you heard the news, when, when you were exposed to it, we learned the commanders released a statement today saying that owners Dan and Tanya Snyder have hired Bank of America Securities to consider potential transactions involving the franchise. And, and our brains went wild. Oh, my gosh. Is he going to sell? Is this the moment? Right? Like the, like the I don't know if it's a, a gif, a gif, or a meme. Uh, I'm not up on all my, my internet lingo uh but when steve carell in the office is doing the oh my god it's happening right that that was all of us but what we should have done is gone wait a second what else is going on here where's the the motivation where's the next step what's causing all of this 
And then we got more information. Right about 5.30, ESPN put out a report. I'll read part of that report to you. The U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia has opened a criminal investigation into allegations into the Washington commanders engaged, engaged in financial improprieties. The investigation into allegations that the Washington commanders engaged in financial improprieties. Two sources with, uh, that are familiar with the matter confirmed to ESPN. Now, obviously, the, the allegations were denied by, uh, by a lawyer or an attorney representing the commanders. But the, the accusations that are being investigated include underreporting revenue that was supposed to be shared with visiting teams and, and other members of the league as a whole, uh, withholding refundable deposits from fans and season ticket holders, uh, you know, little, little uh, sketchy bookkeeping, and on and on and on. Just accusations at this point, but that's what we're talking about. And then it's like, oh, okay. So for years... And years, all the way up until just seemingly days and weeks ago, Dan Snyder was saying, I'm not trading. I'm not selling. Excuse me. I'm not leaving. I'm here. I'm not leaving. I'm here. And you're going, okay, all right. I guess he's, you know, if they're gonna if they're gonna get rid of him, they're gonna have to force him out. You're gonna have to do the, the 24 votes from the owners thing, right? You're gonna have to force him out. Well, then what changed? Well, maybe what changed is they saw the vultures circling, right? They looked up. They, they saw, they saw the, the writing on the wall that anything they have hidden is going to see the light of day. Now, that could be the, the accusations are true. That could be the allegations are true. That could be if they start looking into these allegations a little too seriously, they're going to find something else, right? There's, if they're looking into that, they may find this, and we don't want this to get found, so we better sell and get out of here. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm in the situation in a very public position, right, very public office, but not a public office, right, not an elected office, but a very public corporate CEO in the spotlight, all those sorts of things, and, and I have something hidden in the closet that people are starting to get a little close to, meaning metaphorical skeletons, well, the first thing I'm going to do is get out of the public eye. And the only way to do that as an NFL owner, because there are only 32 of them, and because there are, uh, you know, because the NFL is king in our country, and, and the ratings of, of television broadcast and everything else will show that. Well, you got to get out. So there could be some motivation to selling the team. Now, where does the protection go? Or I should say, where has the protection gone? Part of the reason why Dan Snyder was, was able to be so defiant up to this point is because the other NFL owners had his back. Now, that, that doesn't mean necessarily that they were putting out statements of support, right? It, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, you know, every other, other NFL owner tweeting out, I just want to let you know that, that Dan Snyder is, is somebody that I know uh, personally and, and I stand by his character. They weren't doing that. Which, you know, is one of those weird things that like when a celebrity gets embroiled in a controversy, suddenly, you know, their co-star from a movie in 2004 wants to say, during my time on set with so-and-so, they were upstanding. Like, that's not what, what other NFL owners are doing. But what they were doing is sitting on their hands, twiddling their thumbs. Right? That is what they were doing. And that might be more valuable. 
Now, where did that protection go? Where did that willingness to sit on their hands go? Why is Snyder suddenly feeling the heat now enough to entertain offers to sell? Well, we, we talked about this earlier. I'll bring it up again. The rules of, of the NFL owner circle seem simple. You can mess with anybody except the other owners, and you can mess with anything except the money. Because, I mean, Snyder's almost almost t- tested that, right? The, if, the, if the allegations are true, um, I mean, messed with, with employees, workplace culture, uh, messed with, with fans, withholding uh, eligible refunds for season ticket holders, messed with the community, right, trying to, to find that, that stadium money. All that's fine. We won't do anything if you do that. Mess with the team, right? Going back to, to Trent Williams. You, you, you can mess with everybody. Just don't mess with the other owners and you're fine. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. You can mess with anything, right? You can bring negative publicity to the league, which he's done, right? I don't, I don't think there's been a positive story about Snyder in a while. You can bring negative attention, right? You can you can uh, let your team dwindle to to league lows in attendance. You can let your stadium dwindle. Just don't mess with our money. Don't mess with us. Don't mess with our money. And and we'll look the other way on just about anything. But if you break one of those two rules, you start messing with the other owners. You start messing with the money. I feel like I feel like I'm doing a poor uh, like like Godfather impression. You start messing with my money. If you break either of those rules, perhaps you lose the protection, or the at least the willingness to twiddle their thumbs that they seem to have been providing. And maybe that is why the Snyders all of a sudden had a change of heart when it comes to hearing offers for some or all of their stake in the team. By the way, I, I don't believe they do, they'd sell the minority share. I don't, I don't believe they're going to sell 10% of the team because it's bad business, right? They, they, these things, you know, you, you, I don't think you're allowed to say this, and I have absolutely no um, you know, background in financial advice, but it seems like NFL franchises just go up in value. Why would you let somebody else dabble in your profits? I don't think they're selling a minority stake, but it wouldn't be the first time I wasn't able to predict the behavior of the Snyders. The MGM National Harbor listener line is going to stay open. 1-800-636-1067. Whether we're on for another hour, heck, maybe another two or three. MGM National Harbor listener line. 1-800-636-1067. I believe we have Jason in Fredericksburg on the line. Uh, Jason, why don't you go ahead and tell us your thoughts on Snyder? Jason, are you there? Jason, you're on the air on 106.7 The Fan. Going once. Going twice. And I tried to give you your chance, Jason. Uh, call back in, and, and if you can get in touch with our producer, Caitlin, she'll put you on hold, and we'll, try, we'll, we'll do our best to get you back on the air. Um, here's the next part, right? We, we hear all of this about Snyder. We hear all of this about the, the sale. The next part is is one of my favorite things to do to sports fans. Because sports fans, and that's you listening, sports fans are legendary for going one step. Right? You don't like the starting quarterback, you go one step. Bench him, take him off the team, cut him. You go one step. You don't like the receiver, stop throwing him the ball, get him off the field. You never go to the second step, and that's always my 
my question, right? When somebody uh, comes up to me and says they need to bench a player, fire a coach, change this, change that, I always go, okay, what's going to replace him? Okay, you want to bench the quarterback. Got it. Love it. You, you, you're passionate about that. Do you have a backup that's going to be better than the starter? Because if you don't, that's going to be a problem, right? Then, then you're willing, willfully getting worse. And I don't think anyone wants to get worse. All right, I'm being told that we have Jason back on the line. We'll give him one more shot here. Jason in Fredericksburg is on the MGM National Harbor listener line. You can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Jason, thank you for hanging around. Thank you for sitting on hold. What do you got for us? Hi, hello. Jason, you're on the air. What do you got? Uh, this, hi, this is uh, Billy from Front Royal, not Jason. But uh, I actually just wanted to make a quick point. Um, oh, I, I, I'll start off by saying I don't. I dislike the Snyder family as much as any other uh, Commanders fan. But this notion that everybody has that nobody's going to games because they hate Dan Snyder and and this and that. It, it's not. It's because we haven't had a winning a winning season in a long time. We're never in the playoff mix, and none of that is ever going to change until we start winning games. Um, Dan Schneider is not oh, out okay. there. Jason, Jason, let me let me jump in though. Um, I agree Billy. with you. Like the, the 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 winning solves everything. So I want to I want to counter with this um, back towards you. Do you think the the Snyder cloud or even direct actions, hires, and 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 loyalty to the wrong people from Snyder has led to the team not being able to win, not being able to make the playoffs, and and thus you know indirectly leading to the fans abandoning the franchise? Yes, I do. But I, I, over time, yes, I do believe that. But I do also at the same time believe that if Dan Schneider had this his team for the next ten years and. They made a few playoff appearances between now and then. In 10 years, you'd have a full stadium again. Exactly. I, I, I agree with that. If, if you, you know, compete for rings, I have, I have no doubt that, that fans will show up. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's an exact, you know, A to A ex- example here, but the Knicks were in the playoffs. They won a game, and, and despite the fact that everybody seems to not like J- James Dolan, they were dancing in the streets. And I could see that happening for Washington as well. But, but the, the problem with that is I'm not sure if you gave Dan Snyder 10 more years to put a winner together that he would do it because we have 20 years of, of examples of him owning the team and there really hasn't been many bright spots among those 20 years. And you are 100% right. I just I, People have got to get it out of their head that if the man sells the team by the end of this season, next season we could still be junk. <laughs> we could still lose a lot of games. Um, and it could be worse because, you know, like you said, everything is 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 up for grabs once he leaves. So, I mean, who's to say he's not going to come in and, and fire Ron and try to start rebuilding from the bottom again? I mean, it's – and then you're talking about two or three more years before we have a, a winning season. It's, it's – there's nothing good that's going to come from any of this anytime soon is what I'm getting at. Jason, thank you for calling in. I appreciated the conversation. Uh, you can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. Just to, to, to finish that, that loop that Jason opened up, I, I, I think you kind of have to do what Jason just described as a horror story. I, th- you know, I think you kind of have to start at square one, and yes, it'll be a rebuild, but if a rebuild is handled correctly, 
you can have hope all along the way, right? The 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 thing you need are the flashes. The things you need are the flashes. If you have a young quarterback that looks like even if he's not leading, you know, a 12-win team right now, that with the right seasoning, with the right cast around him, he might one day lead a 12, 13, 14-win team. Oh, you can you can fill a stadium with that, right? You can fill you can build fan bases with with hope. If you have a young offensive coordinator that's calling plays, or you have a young offensive-minded head coach that's calling plays that 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 are that's moving the football, getting in the end zone, scoring points, putting up highlights, Sports Center top ten. If you have that, even if you're losing games, you can get by with that. The problem is when you're bad and there's no sizzle. You're bad and there's no flashes of of greatness, and there's no hope. There's no hope. Right, we've all been to, to minor league baseball games. What are we doing there? We're hoping that that minor league baseball player we're watching goes on to be Mickey Mantle so we can say, hey, I saw the potential, I saw the greatness. That's the same with a young team. Right? You want to say, hey, man, two years ago, I thought he had it in him. Bills fans love what they see out of Josh Allen more now because he had a year where he threw twice as many interceptions and touchdowns, but they said, wait a second, I've got, I, I, there's something special about that guy. You don't have to win right away. You just have to have the light at the end of tunnel visible to get fans back in that stance. I'm Tim Donnelly. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. When we come back, Jason Jason brought up Ron Rivera's name. Obviously, two and a half years into a tenure, seat might be getting at least a little seat warmer, like like you're in a new car, right? Turn on the seat warmer all the way up to three for Ron Rivera. I'll tell you something that happened this week that that... I did not like at all from Ron Rivera at the podium talking to a, a media member. Stick around. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Tim Donnelly. MGM National Harbor. Listener line open 1-800-636-1017. That's one 800 636 1017. You can also, if if you're not a talker, you're a typer, you can go ahead and tweet at me at Donnelly Sports, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S. Love to hear from you there as well. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is kind of like a Friday news dump, right? Uh, the the Around the Washington Commanders, all of the conversation for, for today, certainly tomorrow, probably, maybe the next day, maybe the weekend, is going to be centered around Dan Snyder and the news involving ownership of the team. I don't want to let them Friday news dump a a clip from Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, in reaction to the team trading away William Jackson, their their high price corner, William Jackson the third, to the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, had a a quote that that absolutely infuriates me. And I'll explain why in in a, in a second. But first, I'm going to play the audio for you, uh, or actually, Caitlin back at the studio is going to play the audio for you from Rivera. He was talking with J.P. Finley uh, about about uh, about the decision by the team to trade William Jackson to the Steelers and what went into that decision. Here it is. So so essentially, what 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 he said was, and, and he went on in the the conversation with J.P. a few times to say it is. William Jackson III is a corner that thrives in man-to-man defense. Washington was asking William Jackson to play matchup zone, and it didn't fit. 
and and he was admitting they're wrong, right? He was admitting they're incorrect. He was admitting in their evaluation they believed William Jackson could make the move. He could he could do what they would ask him to do, but looking back at it, their evaluation was incorrect. So because of that, they took a player that they signed to a three-year, $40.5 million contract and traded him along with a seventh-round pick to Pittsburgh in exchange for a sixth-round pick, both of those picks being in 2025. So essentially, they traded him to the Steelers for nothing. Nothing but a pat on the back and an acknowledgement that they were wrong. How in the world do you miss on that? Three-year, $40.5 million contract, $15 million signing bonus, $26 million guaranteed, an average annual salary of $13.5 million. How in the world do you, do you take a chance on that? Hey, hopefully he can do what we're asking. We project him to. You got to be safe. You got to know. You absolutely have to have to be beyond a shadow of a doubt. The, I, I looked it up, right? I, I can do Googling. You can as well. We all have access to the internet. Highest paid commanders on the team right now in per year salary. Number one, Carson Wentz. Obvious. Number two, Terry McLaurin. Obvious. Number three, John Allen. And number four before the trade was William Jackson. He was the fourth highest paid player on the team. That's not a flyer, right? That's not a, hey, we'll take him. Maybe we can change his position. Again, I looked it up. Again, you can Google. You can find out for yourself. But but if you look at the way NFL teams are, are constructed, you only, you only have six to ten players on each roster that you can throw ten-plus million dollars at. If you look in the division, the Eagles have ten. The Cowboys have six. If you look at the top of the AFC or the top of the, the power rankings in the NFL, the Bills have seven, the Chiefs have seven. You only get six to ten players you can throw ten-plus million dollars at. That's not where you take your chances. You can't be reckless when you only have a handful of shots to, to get impact players. Your risks have to be calculated. And the ceiling of William Jackson wasn't worth the risk. You didn't have the knowledge that he could do what you were asking him to do. Now, if if he somewhere else thrived in, in your scheme, right? He thrived in zone defenses, and that's what you wanted him to play. And then you brought him to, to your team, and he stunk. I mean, I can give you a, a little bit of sympathy on that. Right? It'd be the equivalent of... Uh, in the NBA, you need a, a three-point shooter. So you trade for a guy who and his current team is shooting 42% from three. You bring him to your team. If he starts shooting 28%, I'm not sure I'm going to blame you for not having shooters on the roster. But in the same respect, if I need a three-point shooter, so I trade for a guy with, with you know, the most dunks in the league and go, well, if he can make dunks, he can probably make threes, shows up and can't shoot, that's on you for the evaluation. That's on you for the evaluation. And then doing this this little this little righteous move, right? Talking to JP and saying, uh, we're, we're wrong. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. We can admit it. Our evaluation was incorrect. I don't 
I don't exactly give you a pass for, for owning up to your mistake. I give no credit for putting your hand up and saying, my bad, two and a half years into your run as the coach. And I like Ron Rivera. It might not sound like it right now, but I like him. The stuff he's put up with in his tenure in Washington, unbelievable. In many cases, I, I think he's a really good coach. In this case, I think he's handling it incorrectly. The hand up, my bad. I don't know if that works when you're supposed to be like, like that's your job. It'd be, it'd be like this. I'll use another example. Uh, uh, it's like a receiver, okay? Let, let, matter of fact, let's put a name on it. Let's put Deami Brown, okay? Young wide receiver for the for the commanders. Let's say Heineke. Right, we're going to put real names on it. This is all hypothetical, but I, I want you to be able to see it in your mind's eye. Heineke stripes like three or four passes to Deami Brown. We're talking splits the numbers on the jersey, or, or actually hits the number on the jersey. First one dropped by Deami Brown. Hand in the air, tapping his chest. That's my bad. Okay. Twice. Boom. Drop. That's on me. Hand up. Sometimes you drop them. I'm wrong. That's on me. All right. Third time, drop. Fourth time, drop. I don't care if you own it. I don't care if you deflect blame. I don't care if you completely ignore it or anything else. I'm going to stop throwing you the ball if you keep dropping it. Owning up to it does not change the facts. William Jackson is a man corner. It was known. That's what he thrived at in Cincinnati. You paid him a boatload of money without knowing if he could play matchup zone, asked him to play matchup zone, and learned he couldn't or at least didn't have the ability to play up to a level that you would need him to stay on the team. Owning up to it doesn't change the fact that 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 was a flawed decision-making process from the jump. It doesn't make it better or worse to raise your hand, tap your chest, and say, my bad. Matter of fact, sometimes sometimes it does make me frustrated, right? I, I, I haven't said this this yet, and, and I don't know how many blue hens are up there, but uh, but I played football at the University of Delaware. I was a quarterback, and I can tell you right now, if a wide receiver came up to me after dropping a pass and just did the whole I'll own up to it thing, most of the time I was just looking at him like, uh, I don't know, yeah, we know. <laughs> I didn't say this, right? I'd normally say, oh, dude, stick to it. You're good. Hey, we got you. I'm coming right back to you next drive. But, yeah, we know who dropped it. Just don't drop it again. I don't, I don't want somebody in my, my crew that, that raises their hand and say, I made a mistake. I want somebody in my crew that doesn't make the mistake. And somebody that, that operates, right, lives their life, operates at work in a way that I know that if, if they make a mistake, it bums them out more than it bums me out, and they don't even have to say it. I, I don't give free passes if you say, that's on me. So if you make a big mistake, like a, like a mistake on the fourth highest paid player on your team per year at a position of need for a reason that probably should have been seen ahead of time, well, I'd rather have you make a good decision to make up for it than a bad decision with a hand up. You know what I mean? This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. MGM National Harbor listener line is open, 1-800-636-1067. That's one 800 636-1067.
Chase Young was designated to return to practice earlier today, which means there's 21 days max until Chase Young's on the active roster. Is he going to solve every problem the Washington Commanders have? It's probably unfair. I'll tell you why coming up next. You not to expect Chase Young to solve all of your problems, or not all of your problems, all of the problems facing the Washington Commanders. I don't know what problems you're facing. Maybe you can solve some of those too. But it's not fair to ask him to solve all the problems facing his team. Before we get to Chase Young, uh, Jared and Fairfax has some comments uh, on our conversation we were having before the break. It involved Ron Rivera. It involved the William Jackson trade. And it involved uh, a little bit of putting your hand up and saying, my bad, and thinking that's going to fix things. Uh, you can call in as well, MGM National Harbor, listener line 1 800 636 1067. That's 1 800 636 1067. Jared, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say? Hey, man. Um, I just wanted to say that I think when you're a front facing kind of uh, in a position like that, then you do owe it to your fans to say when you do mess up. And so, like, I'm not saying that it should be an excuse for, like, why everything's okay now. But I do think you should expect someone to uh, say, yeah, we messed up here. This is a mistake. And to try to work on fixing that. Uh, with other steps in the future. And we've had a lot of mistakes here. Um, but I, I just, when you're looking at a receiver or someone like that that makes a mistake, everyone knows it. Um, and you don't necessarily need to say that. But when you're a coach, you owe it to the fans to say that, I think. Okay, Jared. I, and I, I hear what you're saying. And I'll give you this, right? I'll, I'll, I think I'll come back towards the middle a little bit here. Maybe I got a little carried away. I mean, he had to say something. Right. He was asked the question. He couldn't I guess he could coach speak. Right. That's what most coaches do. You could just say, you know, oh, we're just making decisions that are in the best interest of the franchise. Uh, we, we, you know, we decided that that William and, I, and, and our team were best to go separate ways, whatever, whatever coach speak, jibber jabber you want to use. But he had to say something. He was honest. I just. The point I was trying to make is it doesn't change the fact that you made the mistake just saying there was a mistake, right? Like as mad as I was or as or as disappointed as I was or as confused as I was about the mistake made prior to that interview, I am the exact same level of that emotion after the interview. I'm not, I'm not giving yeah. him a, I'm not giving him a negative for it, but I'm not giving a positive either. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I, I just I thought I, I heard a little bit more just negative digging in him for saying anything at all. True. And, and thank, thank you very much for the call, Jared. Call back in any time. Uh, and you can call in as well if you're listening, 1-800-636-1067. Um, the thing I was mad about, right, if you did hear negative there, the thing I was mad about was the mistake. And I just didn't let his his admission of the mistake pull me out of that anger. I'm right. I'm mad that they they essentially hired a corner, a cornerback from the Cincinnati Bengals, William Jackson the third, for forty point five million dollars over three years, and they weren't sure when they hired him to do that job that he could do that job. That's what I was mad about, and that's what they were admitting. But I was mad about the act, and I just I, I refuse to allow the the admission of a mistake take me back to a more okay well at least you said it so i'm, I'm not going to be mad anymore I, I didn't give him a positive or a negative for saying it i gave him a negative for the mistake and i just stayed there 
hopefully that that clarifies clarifies a little bit more. And uh, and thank you for calling in again. The MGM National Harbor listener line is open one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. Let's look towards Chase Young. I know there are Chase Young fans out there that believe he is a superhero, and I say that because. I mean, he's got a lot of in common with a superhero. He's he's big, he's fast, he's strong, right? He can leap small buildings in a single bound. When when he's right, he's he's unbelievable, right? Sometimes I I see myself worried about, you know, playing pickup basketball and pulling a hamstring, and then I watch some of these NFL players that are monsters and and go, you know what? Hey, we're the same species, but just barely. So, so when Chase Young is coming back uh, from, a, from a big injury, he's been missing for a while, the, the temptation is to just say, oh, my gosh, right? The big, tall, strong, fast guy is back. He's going to solve it all. Well, first of all, he might not even be back yet. Being designated to return to practice doesn't mean this weekend against Minnesota he's going to be out there on third downs rushing Kirk Cousins. Right? It doesn't mean he's going to be chipping TJ Hawkinson, their new big trade uh, asset, uh, when, he, when he leaks out off the line for, for routes. That's not going to necessarily happen. He has 21 days to be activated. We'll see how he reacts to practice. But if he is back, it is unfair to expect him to be the best athlete on the field like he normally is. Matter of fact, I think it's important to look at what I call the requirements that would get him back on the field. I have two requirements that the team should make sure of before they let him back on the game field. The first requirement is the obvious one. He is not at a greater risk of injury or re-injury because of his leg. If he is at a greater risk for injury or re-injury because of where he is in in his getting healthy process, put him on ice. Requirement number two is he has to be better than guys he is replacing. Right? So there's a point in your injury where like you're not going to hurt it anymore, but you might not be as fast yet. You might not be as strong yet. But yeah, you can go out there and you're not going to re-hurt it, re-injure it. So let's say Chase Young is at 70%. 70% of Chase Young might be better than some of the other guys in the rotation. Right, 70% of peak electric Chase Young might be better than some of the guys that are out there, maybe not the starters, but some of the guys that are getting reps. So the team still might benefit from him being on the field. And he won't be at a risk for, for re-injury, so why not put him out there? But 70% of Chase Young definitely isn't solving your problems. Matter of fact, the problems that have faced the commanders, in many cases, can't be solved solely by an edge rusher. Right, The chaos within the ownership going on right now isn't saved by a few sacks on third down. Being able to run the ball consistently on offense isn't solved by a, a strip, sap, strip sack scoop and score off the edge. Right? I mean, we can go on and on. Limiting poorly timed turnovers won't be, won't be fixed by, by Chase Young you know, getting his hand up in the passing lane. Letting wide receivers run free in the secondary won't be fixed except for a few times that he gets home early to the quarterback. He could be a really, really good player and not solve a lot of the things that you're hoping or wishing or dreaming of him of him solving. As big, as tall, as fast, as strong as he is, he's not a superhero. So be excited for Chase Young to come back. Heck, it's a great story. 
And nobody does great stories like Washington, to be honest. From Alex Smith to Taylor Heineke to Brian Robinson, I mean, everybody loves a comeback story. So, so put Chase Young up there, prop him up, but just don't set him up to fail. Make the expectation to be hopefully he has an impact on the pass rush. Unless you're going to line him up at tight end, I don't know how he helps the offense. Heck, maybe they should line him up at tight end. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. MGM National Harbor listener line is open. 1-800-636-1067. That's 1-800-636-1067. More Commander's Talk coming up next. Stick around. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Continuing here as we we near the 10 o'clock hour. I'm Tim Donnelly, and I couldn't go a full overtime without talking a little bit about the the confusion I felt about the commanders at the trade deadline. The commanders weren't buyers, and they also weren't really sellers at the deadline. We talked about the William Jackson trade, but that was, you know, I don't think they felt they were selling something of value there. They felt, felt like they were escaping something there. So not being a buyer, not being a seller tells me they don't know who they are, or at least they're not willing to commit to what they think they are. I'm not, I'm not breaking news here, right? It's 9.47 on a Wednesday, so it would be a strange time to have the big breaking news. I'm not breaking news here when I say that the commander's roster has holes. I don't believe they're a, a contender as presently constructed. Matter of fact, they're fourth in their own division. And the Eagles did get better at the deadline, or at least close to it when they brought in Robert Quinn. So to me, once you have acknowledged that your roster has holes, You have two options at the deadline, at the trade deadline, which came yesterday at 4 p.m. And you choose based on what you think you are, right? You you choose based on what you think your team is. Option one is you buy at the deadline to fill those holes because you think your core is contender worthy, right? If, If you're the commanders and you look at, McLaurin, and you look at that defensive line, and you look at Robinson and Gibson, and you look at uh, Heineke and or whoever you think will finish the season at quarterback, and you look at everything you have, and you believe you're a contender in wait, in, in, in laying and in, in looming and lurking, then you buy, right? You trade, you, you move picks for players, you go find the thing that you think the hole could be filled with. Option number two is you sell at the deadline because you think even with some well-placed moves, you don't have a shot to live up to your expectations. So you look for expiring assets and you trade them to someone that can use them now. Deron Payne's contract is up after this year. Deron Payne is in a very similar situation to the one Bradley Chubb was in with the Denver Broncos. The only difference is the Denver Broncos traded Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins and brought back a running back in a first-round pick. Deron Payne's contract is up after this year, and Washington will have to franchise tag him, extend him, or lose him for free. Now, I don't want to lose Deron Payne more than any of you, right? He's a good player. You invested heavily in him in the draft. You do not want to lose him. But writing is on the wall. You can't afford to pay John Allen, who you're already paying, 
Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young. You have all of these first-round defensive linemen that are going to come with their handout pretty soon here, and you can't pay them all. So if you don't think you're good enough now, why would you start paying someone now? Instead, trade them for a first-round pick. Trade them for a player that, that's still got a few more years on their rookie contract. Trade them for something of value in the future. Every contender out there needs defensive linemen. Oh, I guarantee you that. I, name your contender. Oh, I'm a Bills fan. They could use a defensive lineman. I think the Eagles are really good. They could. Use, they went and got a defensive lineman. Deron Payne had value. His contract is up after this year. You could have brought something back of, of future value for you for him. The fact that Deron Payne is still on your roster indicates maybe you think your team's ready to roll. But you didn't go go in and bring you didn't go out and bring back anyone to help him take advantage of his last year on his contract, right? You didn't buy and you didn't sell. You're playing the fence. And the NFL is like life, right? And then now I'm getting deep, right? We're, we're nearing 10 o'clock. It's time to start cracking open the fortune cookies. And now, you know, the NFL is like life. You're, you're never standing still. You're getting better or you're getting worse. The commanders are trying to play the fence at the deadline, and that doesn't work, right? I mean, I love the, 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 the Bills are, are the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. They went out and got a, an upgraded a backup running back in Naheem Hines or even running back in Naheem Hines. The Chiefs are, are one of the best teams perennially. They went and got Kadarius Toney. The Eagles are undefeated. They went and got Robert Quinn. Right? If you look at the, the teams that, that are seemingly really good, they were the ones making moves to get better. And if you look at the teams that didn't believe in themselves, guess what they were? They're sellers. That middle class, I mean, that's just a treadmill of mediocrity. If you're good enough to flirt with the playoffs but never good enough to, to convince yourself you're, you're good enough to buy and go for it, you're just going to find yourself in the same position year after year after year. There has to be like a, a line of demarcation, and it's a line, okay? You can't, you can't be on the line. You're either in front of it or behind it. And it's it's it is that like inbounds out of bounds, black or white, yes or no, go no go. You are either good enough to think you can contend, and I'm talking about for a ring, for a title, not for like oh maybe we can squeak into the wild card. I'm talking about you're either good enough to contend, and you go out and you try to find the final piece that will fit in perfectly to your team, that will unlock your true potential, or you're on the other side of that line, and you don't think even with that perfect piece you can go contend. So guess what you do there? You look around and you say, anything going to spoil? Anything going to go bad anytime soon? Your contract is up. What can we get for you on the open market? And you go to the highest bidder. Those are your options. Watching the commanders try to, and I say try to because I don't think you can. I just explained why. Balance on that, that, that line, balance on that fence, it's tough to watch. You know, you, you, you want them to either go for it or set themselves up to go for it sooner rather than later. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. No one's standing still in the NFL. And and trust me, like, like I said, I want to be clear here. I'm not down on Daron Payne. I think he's a really good player, just like I'm not down on John Allen. I just know if you got four players on the defensive line all expecting big contracts, you can't invest that much on one position. 
right? You let Tim Settle go. Tim Settle might have been a more cost-effective option. We can get into personnel decisions a little bit later <laughs> later on. Uh, hopefully next time I'm, I'm right here on 106.7, we can get into some personnel decisions. Um, it, but it is sometimes you, it feels like common sense. Right? You're sitting at home going, I could be an NFL GM. I, I completely acknowledge it's more difficult than it than it feels sitting at your house on the couch. But but if you set some rules and you follow them, it shouldn't be the the you know you shouldn't take something that is tic tac toe and make it three D chess. With that being said, we got a little bonus hour. That's why we call it overtime. Overtime on one zero six seven. The fan uh, again. I am Tim Donnelly. Caitlin. Excellent job producing today. Thank you to her. Thank you to everybody that called in on the MGM National Harbor listener line. Enjoyed all of our conversations. Follow me on Twitter if you liked what you heard tonight and you want to keep the conversation going. I'm usually down for a good conversation, a good debate. Uh, you can follow me at Donnelly Sports, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S. Um, and, again, like I said earlier, this is my this is my first time on 106.7 The Fan. I truly enjoyed it. Hopefully they'll have me back. Hopefully you enjoyed it. You know, if you did, let somebody know. If you didn't, keep that one to yourself. Uh, until next time, have a great night, everybody, uh, and, and stick it right here. Keep it right here on 106.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.